So we're going to look at the Ruby Geocoder gem as well as some of the Google APIs where we can interact with places and maps. So to get started, we'll look at some of the Google APIs. So if you go to console.developers.google.com, you can log in and access the APIs. On the dashboard, we can enable several different APIs. However, one of them that we'll be looking at today is the Google Places API. And I'll be using this to list a bunch of different places that are near my current location. If you need to create interactive maps, then you may use the Google Maps JavaScript API. And if you need a lot of geocoding services, then you would use the Google Maps geocoding API. So when you find the API that you need, click on it, and then you'll want to enable it at the top. And then once you enable it, it's important to become familiar with the quotas because you don't want your application to stop working because you have exceeded the quotas. And with the Google Places API web service, there is a default limit of 1,000 free requests per 24-hour period. So once we have enabled the service under the credentials, we can create a credential, and then you would have to specify what kind of credential are we wanting to create. And in our case, we're just going to create a simple API key. We can then copy this API key and then use it within our application. And it is important to restrict the key because otherwise anyone would be able to use this. So you can restrict it based on the website. So that's going to be the domain name. However, if you are accessing the web service on the back end, for example, with the Ruby Geocoder gem, then you might need to restrict it based on the web IP address. So within a secret YAML file, I'll create a key called Google Places Key, and then I'll paste in the key that I got from the developer console. So the first thing that we're going to learn how to do is to create a new place. So when we enter in a address, we want the system to automatically calculate the latitude and longitude. And once it has done that, we want to display just a static map. Another feature that we want to add is where you can get places around your current location. So you can see all the different places that you have, and then you want to be able to click on one of these to then automatically create another place, along with the address and then the latitude and longitude. So we can click on multiple places, and then we can see that it creates each one of these and the appropriate address and latitude and longitude information. So we'll need to add the geocoder gem to our gem file. Be sure to run bundle and restart your Rails application. And then we need to create our places model. If you already have a places model or whatever appropriate, then you still need to add the latitude and longitude as floats within this model. And you are able to create a migration to add this information as well. And don't forget to migrate your database. Next in our place model, we can add the geocode by address. And we'll want the system to automatically calculate this. And we can do this by adding a after validation geocode. However, it would be pointless to run this geocode every time we save our model if the address did not change, so we can add a condition only if the address has changed. And within our Rails console, we can play around with the geocoder gem, and we can see stuff like place near Big Ben, where we are looking at our place model, and then we want to find all the places that are near Big Ben. And you can see that the query that it generates is pretty crazy. We can also call something like place first, so just grab our first record, and then nearbys, and this will do something similar where we're grabbing our first record, and then we want to find all the different locations that are nearby that one, and again, you'll see that it returns an active record relation. And then if we set our place equals to place.first, we can then also calculate the distance to another place. And this can be relational, so you can do place.second, 
to find the distance from your first place to the second place. And if you need to determine what kind of units that you're going to use and you want returned, you can run the generator geocoder config, and this will create a generator within your config initializers geocoder.rb. And within this file, everything is commented out at first. However, you are able to change some things like the units to miles or kilometers. And you can also do some different kind of things where if you want your distances to be linear or spherical, which would use the Haversine formula, then you can make that configuration setting as well. You can also change the different type of lookup that you're going to use. By default, it does use Google. However, you are able to use Open Maps or something similar. And if you are going to use Google, you may want to consider to enter in your own API key. Otherwise, you may be limited to the free quota. And next, I'm going to create a button and then a empty div that we can use to use our location to get the nearby places. So whenever we click the Get Places button, we want to populate the location results list with all the different nearby places and each one of those a button to then create a record for our place. So we'll create a get places coffee script file and within here we'll just have a simple get places function then this function will be loaded on the TurboLinks load. And then we can create a failure cache so if we have a problem getting our location then we can just post in a alert. And then remember in our index view our get places button has a get location class. So we'll use this to reference within our coffee script so that we can loop through each one of these. So whenever it's clicked, we can then perform a function. So we'll loop through each one of the locations and whenever we click on that button, then we will fire off the following events. So we can check if the navigator geolocation is available. And if it is, then we can run the function navigator geolocation get current position. And this will return a object position if it is found. We can then call an Ajax put and we'll just put this to our location. And if it's a failure, then we will call failure. And then we're passing in some options that we want to have a high accuracy and then a timeout of five seconds. And then of course we want to prevent default so the button isn't actually clicked. In this put URL, we're just simply passing in the latitude. So our object that we got returned is the position coordinates latitude and the position coordinates longitude. So then in our places controller, we can create our get locations action. And we'll start with creating our URL string. And this is just making a call to the Google Maps API. And you'll see that we're passing in our parameters latitude and longitude into here, as well as our API key that we stored in our secrets earlier. We can then call the URL. And then once we call the URL, we can then parse the JSON that is returned. And finally, we can set our instance variable locations to the results that we got from our API call. And because our CoffeeScript made an Ajax post to our places controller get location action, we'll then need to respond with the JSERB. And from here, we can just simply loop through each one of the locations and then append to our location results list, just a list item of our location and then the name. So now if we refresh our page and then we click get places, we now get a list of all the different places near our current location. So to expand this further, I'm going to replace our JSERB, the content that we are pinning to our list results with something a little bit more. So now I'm going to make this a button tag and then I'm passing in the attributes. Then this attribute that I'm passing in 
is just simply our location. I'm calling to JSON to string, and then I'm escaping the JavaScript. And this is just to account for some of the weird or malformed JavaScripts that we might get back from the Google Places API, where maybe there are quotes or other kind of unescaped characters. And this will just make sure that it works consistently. We then still display our location name, and then we close our button. And then back in our get places coffee script file, I'm going to create another function. And this one is going to be called create place. We then create a listener on our location results list buttons. And on click, we then set our data to the JSON parse of the data attribute that we just created in the JSERB. And then I'll paste in this code here. And this is just making an Ajax post to the places URI. We're setting the data type to script. So it's going to respond as a JS. And then we're passing in the payload data. And notice the way that we're constructing our data. It's following the same construction that our place would normally have if we were creating it through the web interface. So we have our parameter place. And then this place has a name, address, latitude, and longitude. And then we're just simply getting this information from our Google API. And if this Ajax post was success, then it's going to just console log the data and then also display the status. And because now we have the create place function, we can call this after we've added our buttons to our location results list. So back in our view, we can call get places and then we can start clicking on one of these places and you can see it automatically adds it to our table. And it is probably good to note that, and because we are making a post to our places URI, that is going to hit the create action of our places. And because we are calling a script, that's going to respond to a JSERB. So we do have our create JSERB script, where we're just simply rendering out our places. And this is going to a tag which has an idea places, which in our index HTML, in our T body, we do have a ID equals places. And finally, within our show view, we have an image tag, which is just hitting the maps, google.com maps API and the static map. So this will use the static maps API. And you'll see that we don't even have this enabled. And with the Google maps static APIs, the usage limits is pretty generous where it's free until you have 25,000 maps loading per 24 hour period but the free usage does have a limitation of 640 by 640. But the main bit is that we're passing in a marker into the URI and we're simply giving it the place's latitude as well as the place's longitude. So whenever we go to the show action, it just simply loads up the map with the marker. And be sure to let me know if you like this episode and if you would like to see more interactions with maps by placing your data locations that you have on the map and being able to interact with them. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.